You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Welcome in to the First Take Thunder Postgame Show. Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham, and Madison Morris on the board tonight. Bringing you coverage of the Oklahoma City Thunder's victory over the Utah Jazz. Uh, obviously, the Thunder came uh, stumbling a little bit into this one after a loss to the Clippers, uh, where a lot of fans had some uh, issues with the officiating uh, that led to the Thunder dropping that game. But they get a big victory tonight in Utah. Brady, you actually mentioned it right as we were heading in here. Uh, Four-game road trip. A lot of people trying to guess which ones they were going to win, which ones they were going to lose. It ended almost exactly opposite as probably what everyone picked. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota, L.A., Utah, Portland. Which two games do you think you're going to win out of that group? Minnesota, for sure. And the Clippers, <laughs> who it makes sense for them to lose because they want to get their first-round pick. Yeah, but you know what the Thunder did? Nah, we're going we're gonna to win the two hard ones. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit of a shocking victory here just because, like I said, they were kind of reeling coming into it. The win over Portland was great. Uh, but there was some outside factors that made you think maybe that wasn't an actual them getting it right. That just might have been a little bit of a lucky win. Almost like the Clippers loss felt like a little bit of a fluky fluky loss. Uh, same regards there. But So, big victory over the Utah Jazz. Obviously, they're playing well. They were without Ricky Rubio. We don't want to undersell the fact that he's a starter for this team. He usually plays 35 minutes. He wasn't there for these guys. But Utah came alive in the second half. Donovan Mitchell was incredible down the stretch. Thunder were able to hold him off. Yeah, the, the Jazz, it was weird. They would start, they started off the third quarter on a 10-1 run, and then the Thunder kind of got going a little bit defensively. They got it going with Schroeder. Schroeder had his best game since he left the team two games before the All-Star break when right. his child was born. So uh, it was good for the for Schroeder to kind of come back and get the shooting because Paul George didn't necessarily have it scoring-wise tonight. But at the end of that third quarter, the Thunder kind of regained control. And then the fourth quarter started off the exact same way for the Jazz. They were on an 11-3 run to start that quarter. And if not for five, I think the Thunder missed their first five three th- um, free throws in the quarter. After I think they were they they were in the first half. I think they hadn't missed a free throw. They missed those five free throws, and it allows it opens the window back for Utah to come back. And then, like you said, uh, Donovan Mitchell kind of goes supernova. He has that big three pointer. He has a big crossover dunk and gets you know Salt Lake City gets the crowd. Oh, j- jazzed up, no pun intended. And uh, yeah, Russell Westbrook hits a thirty-footer just out of nowhere, just stupid, just because. I remember, you, like, we were watching the game in the conference room, and you're like, "When? Why did he shoot that?" And I said, as I was answering you, I was like, kind of cringing. Well, there were seven seconds left on the shot. <laughs> seven clock, seconds, which in Russell Westbrook years is like point one. You need to shoot now. Yeah, that well, seven seconds. That guy could run from baseline to baseline and back in seven <laughs> seconds. I don't want to hear that's not enough time. Anyway, you t- uh. The victory over Utah puts Oklahoma City 8-0 and this season over Utah and Portland, which is great. 0-6 versus Minnesota and Denver. Please explain that to me. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, that's why. Uh, yeah, Andrew Wiggins, the thunder killer that he is. And now Carl Anthony Towns. Indeed. But, but he's doing that to the rest of the league, so don't feel too bad, Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's true. And he's been great here down the stretch. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit. Dennis Schroeder kind of came alive in a whole lot of ways. That led to a... a 
an easy pouring in from the bench. He played 30 minutes tonight, 10 of 18, 2 of 5 from the three-point line. He was astounding. Seven rebounds? I don't know if you really ever expect that. Uh, in Madison Morris's words, he's listed at six foot, but if he's six foot, that makes her six seven. Because yeah, that guy's not very tower, tall. A towering six seven. A towering six seven. Six seven, that Madison Morris. Uh seven rebounds, though, a lot from your backup point guard. He was actually the only player who ended up in the positive plus minus off the bench tonight. Uh handful of other people we want to point out. Steven Adams. Victory for the team. There. He actually looked good. He's been, he's been in a horrible slump, uh, in case you've been under a rock for the past couple of weeks. Uh, he looked good in the first quarter, which I know mm. I, I was watching live. You were listening on the radio coming into the studio. He looked good, yeah, he offensively and def- defensively. Uh, three for three on his first three, three shots, right? And they were, yeah. they were post-ups on Rudy Gobert, and not like he got easy layups on Rudy Gobert. Like, legitimate post-up shot over the top with hook shots or up and unders, and it was beautiful. And then it was that kind of Steven Adams that we've seen the past few weeks down the stretch. Yeah, it was another mixed bag for Steven, but it was more on the positive side of a mixed bag, if that makes sense. Um, he, he would have his, like you said, he had his he had a success on the block against Rudy Gobert. He likes, he loves the matchup with Rudy Gobert. It typically brings out the the highly energetic, the Steven Adams that we all know and love. It brings that out of him. Um, but to go along with that, there were still too few, uh, too many just drop passes, and especially there were two. Just absolute dimes that Russell gave him. Just here, take this and dunk it and like shut down this crowd. And he continues to drop them. He's starting to turn into Serge Ibaka. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> no, like, like wood. He, he's definitely going through a slump. But like I said, it was on the more of the positive side. So hey, you, you win your last game on a brutal four game road trip. You split the road trip. Steven needs to get back to playing like he was prior to the All-Star break. If it starts with this, then good. Then it's all it's all for the good. Oklahoma State Thunder get their 41st win on the season. Now this uh, locks in the fact that they're going to have 10 straight seasons of 500 records or better. Third longest streak in the NBA. So obviously a franchise that's had a lot of success. A number that you want to watch here. Uh, they are now 19-17 and 17 on the road. I know that's not like an incredible record when you just say the numbers next to each other. That's a great record in the NBA on the road. Yeah, you, I mean, you just go through the standings. I mean, the only the only team that has a, a bl- kind of blows you away is, duh, Golden State. They're 21-11 on the road. Everybody, right. Denver, 16-16. and 16, Houston, 18-16. and 16, Oklahoma City, like I said, 18-17. 19-17. Now this hasn't updated. Um, 15-17 and 17 for Portland. Yeah, just a whole... That's kind of the thing is you need to lose like around 10 or less than 10 at home and go a little bit above 500 on the road and then you're a playoff team. That's always right. been kind of the rule with the NBA. The formula. The formula. Thunder doing well there. Uh, so yeah, no big time victory. Uh, the only other storyline... Couple of storylines that jump out at me. Obviously, Russell Westbrook played well offensively, uh, especially down the stretch, the thirty footer, the layup at the end, uh, a couple steals uh, that were clean, uh, clutch in closing this one out. Two CL words back to back. That was tough on me. Uh, but Paul George, two of eight, zero of three from the three point line. Do you want to share your hot take during the game? No, when you're it? no, just share it. Who cares? Paul George. Yeah. Well, was. Rest in peace, PG for MVP. Oh, yeah. I think the MVP <laughs> race is over. I didn't know that was that hot of a take. It might be. Uh, yeah, he's just... It is for now, it but, but it he should was, be noted. He was behind at the start. It's, I wouldn't say anyone would say that he was like dead even with Giannis and Harden. He was a little bit behind. Very, very close, but a little bit behind. Especially coming out of the All-Star break with that game winner against against the same team, against the Utah Jazz right. in double overtime. Um, but I will say, like I kind of agree with you. I, I didn't think Paul was going to win the MVP. I think that it was good for the Thunder that he was in the conversation. He needs to be the scoring alpha if the Thunder want to go far, but I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But... Um, yeah, I think it's kind of dead. But when Russell won the MVP, he won it in the last two weeks. Absolutely, he won it with his clutch. I mean, so there's still 
there's not that many games left, but there's still a lot of time until the postseason starts. So there's a lot of room, a lot of ground that Paul can make up. He just, whatever he's dealing with, he just needs to get over it and get back to his aggressive self because 14 points, two of eight. Two of eight from the field. It looked like game six. Two of eight. It it looked like game six, Paul George, from last year, where he just, especially that last shot under the rim, I think when it was still kind of in doubt whether the Thunder were going to win this game when the Jazz was making their push, he got under the rim and tried to just like weirdly handed off to Jeremy Grant, who was like eight feet away from him. And he like, you need to pass him, like pass him the ball. Don't hand it to him. Right. It just looked like he just looks very uncomfortable right now. So whatever he's dealing with is still affecting him, but props him for going out there and like trying to, you know, being a man about it. (laughs) Right. But two for eight, Oh, for three from the three point line. Thank God he shot his free throw as well. 10 of 12. The Thunder shot their free. Never gets any calls though. He hasn't gotten a fair whistle all year. Uh, 12 free throws. Uh, I mean, other than that, <laughs> I'm stretch, making fun of his yeah. comments after the Clippers okay, game. I see. Yeah. Uh, other than that opening stretch of the fourth quarter, the Thunder, I mean, they were saved in this game by their free throws. Yeah. Shocking. What? Yeah. 70% from the free throw line as a team. They went 19 and 27 overall. Uh, my The stance with Paul George is, and I say this with anybody, you have to be in the conversation. You win it in the last 15 games. That, that's just my, my two cents on it. I might be oversimplifying. I'm the king of that. Be in the conversation. Win in the last 15. I think after this stretch, by the whenever unless he snaps out of it and he goes nuclear here again in the next couple in the next couple of games, I think he's going to slowly play himself out of the conversation. He'll be like, oh, he's right there in that second tier. And then once you're in that second tier, I don't know if you can make it back up with this little time. Well, I think out of like if we're going to say it's just Giannis, James, James Harden, and uh, Paul George, I think Harden and George have the best opportunity to win it in that final stretch. Giannis has just been great all year, right? And to the point where we're kind of bored with it already. Right. Milwaukee hasn't re- they haven't gone through a bad stretch like Oklahoma City's gone through like the first few months that Houston went through. So it's just like, yeah, he's probably he probably will win it. But if Harden goes off again like he did a few weeks ago to end the year, or if Paul George goes off, they could steal it. It's yeah. still it's still up there, but yeah. I'm not liking the I'm not buying stock for Paul George for MVP right now. But yeah. the Thunder won, that's all that matters if you're a Thunder fan. Absolutely. And if you want to make the case that he can still win it, I can make it here pretty easily. The Thunder had the hardest remaining schedule remaining. That means that he's gonna have the most opportunity to have play primetime games. Yep. Play meaningful opponents. Oh yeah. And get big wins. You're right. That's how you win the award. And I just realized what t-shirt you're wearing. That's nice. Yeah, I actually got this for free. <laughs> it's pretty dope, isn't it? It's a Hamadou Diallo dunk t-shirt. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty cool. Check it out on Twitch. Doing the honey dip on, on the rim. Yeah, with yeah. a Superman jersey underneath. That's pretty dope. Nice. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. All right, uh, that is a, a nice little summary of this game so far. Paul George, though, going to have to wake up down the stretch. This is going to come together. Uh, Jeremy Grant played great, I thought, on defense. Russell, uh, this was probably this was a, a very good Russell Westbrook game. Yeah, that was going to be my next point. Russell Westbrook, on the uh, just playing basketball. We'll get to all the other stuff later. Everybody turn the lights right down real low. Yeah. Light a candle. Be quiet. I think he kind of looks like his old self. He kind of looks like his old self, right? Offensively, he's kind of getting there. Uh, especially getting to the rim. Uh, that's, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. The explosion, the the no fear. First part of the year, like that was the thing was... A lot of times I felt like he was he would get to the rim because he's so explosive. He can get to the rim even when he's playing at 80%. Right. But too many times he would just try to dump it off right behind him to Steven and set Steven up for, like in poor position because he's trying to get ready to box out for a rebound thinking Russell's going to shoot. Right. And he all of a sudden there's a ball right in his hands. Like that no, like go up go I thought at one point during the season Russell wasn't confident he was going to get the call. 
So he probably thought a little. Ooh, okay. He was because there was a there was a stretch that um, during the first part of the year when he came back after that missing the first two games, and then after uh, the seven game stretch where he was out with the ankle. Yeah. Um, he wasn't getting a lot of calls, and some of that was because he was playing kind of out of control, and that's going to happen in the NBA. When you play out of control, you're not going to get the call. Right. So um, I think that that's gone now because okay. Russell's getting to the rim at will a lot of times, and especially when he knows, like, when okay, when this dude gets switched on to me, like when Royce O'Neal got switched on, he's like, <laughs> to the yeah. rim. <laughs> a couple of those baby rocks. Uh, I thought you, you very easily could be right. No one knows who's right here. I thought early in the season he was scared to go to the free throw line. Maybe he was scared he wasn't going to get the call, therefore missing the shot. I would thought he that, was, that he was could, afraid to go to the line. That could be it, too. Uh, but either here nor there, guy looks great here uh, ever since the All-Star break. Offensively, he is kind of back to what we were hoping he was going to be coming into the year. 9-19 from the field, 2-4 uh, from the three-point line. I know everyone just staggers at Russell Westbrook shooting threes. Four three-point attempts? That's great. No, no, that was, is great. It was a great Russell Westbrook game. It was. I mean... Three turnovers, 11 rebounds, eight assists. He played despite all, because I'm sure everybody that has a Twitter account or is, is watching ESPN right now because it's it's playing right now on TV. Great. In fact, yeah, there it is. Um, I, despite all that, he played really under control, right. which is shocking because I think we all know that if you're a Thunder fan, I think you would rather see Golden State in the first round, <laughs> jokingly, that, and not Utah just because of the environment that it could potentially set up with Russell but despite all that he played fantastic tonight and he hit that big shot like we said uh, that big three with uh, about a minute and 30 left uh, 10 of 18 from the floor never really it never really got out of hand it, there weren't too many shots where I'm like what are you doing right and uh, no it was just it was a good Russell Westbrook game and I know he fouled out Friday night against the Clippers and uh, he played a little out of control but the night before against Portland uh, Madison and I did the post game that night and we both said that was a great Russell Westbrook game so you're kind of right like there's more of these good Russell Westbrook games and they're not spaced out few and far between anymore yeah absolutely uh, we're going to do the Thunder first uh Player of the game, first take Thunder player of the game here in a moment. But uh, we're Chisholm. I we're the Thunder first take post game show. We're part of the Thunder Syndicate. I'm Chisholm Holland. I'm with Brady Trantham. He is at, at Brady Does Sports on Twitter. Madison is at Madison Morris. M A D Y S S O N Morris. Did I nail it? Nailed it. That was it. That was oh good. my goodness. Really I'm so good. proud of myself. Nice. Very good. Uh, yeah, give us some shout out on Twitter as well as at the franchise okay. Go to franchiseok.com. Uh, we obviously have a ton of stuff there as well as uh, give us a shout out on the text line. Uh, 460 1077. 460 1077 is this Little Caesars hot and ready hotline. But let's go ahead and jump into uh, the player of the game. Now, the franchise thunder player of the game brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. All right, Brady. First vote. You know, it's interesting because I just talked about how good Russell Westbrook played. I'm going to give it to Schroeder because, inter- interestingly enough... You got it on the, on the broadcast as well. Uh, earlier earlier today, I posed the question on Twitter, what needs to happen? Does Adams need to have a, be- a good game or does Dennis Schroeder need to have a good game? And a lot of people said, well, both. Well, it's like, yeah, it would be nice if every guy that <laughs> played in your rotation was perfect from the right. floor. But I really feel like in this bad nine-game stretch, nine-ten-game stretch or whatever the Thunder have been on, I feel like... Adams could have played the same way that he's played, which has been bad. And if Schroeder had just shot the ball well or just scored, the Thunder would have won a handful more of those games. Absolutely. Because they played bad, but they were still in a position to win a lot of those games. They were in position to win Friday night. They just 
too many fouls. They can't blow anybody out and they can't get blown yeah, out. Yeah, but it, like when you're sixth man and a guy like your third most reliant scorer and Dennis Schroeder is not scoring, it's bad. And then you add on Paul George's dealing with some shoulder soreness or whatever the heck it is. Um, and it's just kind of the offensive responsibility has fallen on Russell. But I thought tonight the big difference was just Schroeder being able to score because every time Utah would make a run, Schroeder would hit a basket or he would get Nerlens Noel involved. So I thought that this game really showcased how important Schroeder is for the Thunder moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, all right, we're going to take a timeout. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about... This game's not going to matter. I'm just going to be honest. Tomorrow, we're not going to be talking about the outcome of this game. Nope. We're not going to be talking about the score. Nope. Uh, Russell Westbrook got into an altercation with a fan, with a fan uh, during this ball game that led to a video that is circulating around social media and now is being played on ESPN. So we're going to get into that here in the next segment. Segment, But this is the First Take Thunder postgame show. It is also a podcast. You can listen to this later on the OKC, 80, uh, OKC 82 podcast. Right, Brady? Where do they find, those, find that at? iTunes, so Apple Podcasts, whatever they whatever they're called, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Madison and I always pump it on Twitter. So if you have Twitter, um, I'm sure you've seen us throw it at your face and your timeline a lot. But yeah, every time I check at the numbers, we always get more subscribers. So yay, thank you guys so much. But thank you for listening to the post game show too. Absolutely. All right, uh, we're gonna take a timeout. We'll be back in just one moment. This is the first take Thunder post game show. Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham, and Madison Morris on 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder first take Thunder post game show, presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Welcome back, Thunder first take. Post game show. Brady Trantham, Madison Morris, Chisholm Holland here. Uh, hit us up on the text line 88474. Type the word text a space and then your message 88474. Hit us up on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline 460 1077. 460 1077. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Chisholm Holland, at Brady Does Sports, and at Madison, spelled with a Y, two S's, Morris, uh, and give us some love. Uh, Brady, you said that there was a report about Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, Brett Dawson from The Athletic, uh, who was in the arena tonight covering the game, uh, said that Terrence left the game late, kind of later in the fourth quarter. I think people will kind of remember it. It looked like Terrence had got fouled coming off of a screen or uh, chasing Donovan Mitchell around a screen, got hit really hard and kind of bounced back. Apparently he left the game, and I didn't catch this. He left the game, never returned, but the Thunder are calling it concussion-like symptoms, so... If he's in the concussion protocol, he's definitely not going to play Wednesday night. Definitely not going to play Wednesday. And there was actually another player who exited this ball game, Markeith Morris. Yeah, Markeith left with uh, neck soreness. Um, so no idea on the severity of that one. But uh, that's why Patrick Patterson was able to play tonight. So Patrick Patterson returned for the first time since Markeith has been a part of the Oklahoma City Thunder. So yay. Yeah. <laughs> yay. Yay, indeed. All right, now we're going to try to uh, delicately dive into what happened. Uh, I don't remember what point of the game. I, I, if I remember correctly, it was after halftime sometime in the third quarter. Uh, that very easily could be incorrect as far as timing uh, of when this incident fell fell down. But basically, a uh, a video came out from Eric Woodyard. Yeah. Woodard. Woodward. Well, there's a Y in there. Woodard. Yeah. There's a Y. Woodyard. Madison, I, I, I need you to look this up and tell me what you think. Either, All I, right. either I've said his name wrong to his face, but uh, I oh, said Woodard. Know, I mean, I am okay. the Oh, way to play the oh, I met him so. card. <laughs> uh, he works for the Deseret News, uh, so a reliable source. He has a video down of uh, himself down on the sideline. Russell Westbrook is yelling up to uh, the stands, specifically one Utah fan, is what we can assume, and says the words, I'll F 
not the letter. Uh, you up, you and your wife. Obviously, there's a whole. There's, it's a 32 second video. It's and it, and the it, entire 32 seconds is Russell yelling. No, no coming down from the bleachers. All you can hear is Russell in this video. Uh, that is the headline though that's going to be pulled out, um, and you're going to see all of. Then he promised on everything that he loves that he'll do it. On everything that he loves, he'll do it. He doesn't care, you know. And so, I mean, it's a it's a whole video. You can find it on Twitter right now if you have one. If you don't have one, you can find it really, really easily. Um, but so, I mean, you can watch the whole thing. But that's essentially the gist of it. Um, him being pretty upset with a a fan, uh, and like I said, at no point can you hear what the fan says. There's no videotape of the fan or what they were doing or what they were saying. Uh, that's the only audio slash video presented. Um, and then Patrick Patterson, after the game, just tweeted this out on the event. Fans can say a word that starts with S about a man's family, wife, and kids. Tell a player, get down on your knees like you're used to. As men, what do you expect us to do? Shut up and dribble? No one is held accountable for their actions except for us. Fans are protected in every way possible but not us. Then someone named Justin Fields, who I'm sure is a very nice guy, but I don't know who he is. Isn't that the quarterback at Ohio State? Yes, but I assume not related. <laughs> uh, is what is that what he said to Russ? Patrick Patterson replied, yes, and more, dot, dot. Uh, so that's all the context we have. Russell was asked about it in the postgame. Uh, it was on television just a moment ago. I think that was actually last year's playoff. They were okay. like showing the context perfect. of him in Utah. The perfect, perfect. So not a whole lot of context on what's going to be said by Russell. If I was going to take a shot in the dark, Russell probably won't do his media availability for another hour, <laughs> another hour and a half to try to let this blow over a little bit. Uh, it's not a good look for Russell. No, um, you know, and there is a lot of history that needs to be unlo- unloaded onto this because, I mean, we don't have the con, we don't know what the fan said. Um, but I, I know for a fact, Russell was called a word um, in, during this playoff series last year against Utah that I'm not going to repeat on air. And no one should repeat ever yeah, on air off and air. It's, and it's a word that I, I can. I can't even imagine how that is supposed to make you feel as an African American, right? You know, especially playing against a crowd of nothing, almost of nothing but white people. Right. So there's so much there that I can never understand. I don't. I, I will never understand how someone should act in that situation. Even it's like you can you can say like, yeah, you're a professional, act like one, but these are human beings. Right. Having said all that, I don't know what that fan could have said to warrant something like that because two wrongs do not make a right. I mean, that's the cliche, of course. Um, and if it was just that one fan, why did Russell have to bring his wife into this? That it's just not a, like it's not a good look. Yeah, and it's it, what makes it even more odd is that should have set up like another perfect Russell Westbrook meltdown of a game. But he played so so great. He played beautiful basketball tonight at times, and it was just the complete opposite of what was going on between him and the fans on the bench. So, um, and it it was going on rather frequently because before that video came out. Um, I, I follow a few friends on Twitter that are Utah Jazz fans. Um, they were talking about that from um, talking about like Russell's jawing with fans on the bench um, in the arena. Uh, Tim Tim McMahon from ESPN, who was there filling in, I think for Royce Young since he's um, just recently had a child and doing his dad thing. Um, he was in the arena covering the game apparently, and he mentioned it before the video surfaced as well. So it was something that was going on all game, and it's just something that 
Russell Westbrook and the Utah Jazz fans kind of have in common is that they just do not like each other. So, I mean, yeah, there's going to be Russell's probably going to speak and he's going to talk about it. Um, kind of Madison and I were in the arena um, for the Denver game when the little boy came up and just kind of poked Russell Westbrook and it became a story. So uh, Russell kind of diffused it and said that, you know, everything was cool afterwards. So interested to see, interested to see what he says about it. Um, but again, like, Everything I said before about being an African-American athlete playing, like I, I'm never going to be able to understand that. But at the same time, two wrongs do not make a right. It's just a bad look. Yeah. Um, and obviously, this is a tough subject. You're talking on live radio. You have to tread carefully on how you address a subject like this. So I'm just going to address it like the guy that I am and the perspective I have. I grew up in a small town in Oklahoma. I have no problem. If anything, I find it endearing that Russell pops off like this because he reminds me of a lot of friends I had growing up. <laughs> that kind of talk, talking to a guy like that, tell him you're going to beat them up and more choice words than that. Yeah, it's, does tra- it's, not, it's just trash talk. Does not bother me in the slightest. It, it does not. There's nothing wrong with trash talk, but you could... And if that guy said everything that Patrick Patterson is alluding to in his tweet, which obviously we can't confirm because there's no video, but I don't know why Patrick Patterson would lie about it. He was the one sitting next to Russell during this altercation. Yeah. That guy deserved all that and 10 times more than what Russell gave him. But bringing up a man's wife, whether she was saying anything or not, that's again the small town Oklahoma in me. That's one step too far. Yeah. It's one step too far. And that, and sadly, that two sentences is going to get pulled out over and over and talked about again tomorrow over and over because threatening to hit a woman under any circumstances, but especially in the climate we live in today, is a stupid idea. And that guy, again, probably 1,000% time over time and again, deserved to get yelled at and probably deserved to get the crap kicked out of him. Yeah, didn't they get a warning card? You you had a picture of it. Yeah, the, uh, one of the fans who were sitting near... They got a, they got a yellow card because they, yeah. they didn't get kicked out. It wasn't one a of the card. fans who were sitting near uh, the man who was apparently the most guilty party uh, tweeted out a picture of the card that he was given saying that they, they, as a group of people, had violated the NBA fan conduct rules. Um... And that's, and of course, that person said all he was doing and all of his friends were doing were just yelling Russ's name over and over and over, like constantly over and over and over. Uh, if Russ, if this other man that Patrick Patterson is talking about said what Patrick laid out, again, totally deserve it. I mean, that guy, small town. In my small town, if you yelled anything like that, anything like that, I promise you, you get kicked in the teeth. And the person who kicked you in the teeth will be applauded as they walk away. That's how I grew up. But I also grew up, as in most people who are probably listening to this signal, and most people who grew up in this state, but you never, ever threaten a woman, and you never, ever hit a woman. Yeah. And so that is where it's going to go too far, and I think this is really going to damage his already negative outlook people have on him because of his temper. This is going to take a whole new narrative spin for him, and there's going to be lashback towards him. And I said, I think he should be suspended for two games, and you made a great point. <laughs> He's the not, very first thing you said is they're not suspending him against the Warriors. And that's true, and that's really sad. Now, there, there are no winners in this situation. Nothing justifies anything. Um, yeah, like, even even if the um, wife said something to Russell, you, you don't, especially in this climate of, like, the, the curtain has been drawn on domestic violence and violence towards women. You don't, you just don't say that. Right, and I, I'm not. I'm not saying Russell is completely at fault here. I'm not saying the fans are completely at fault no. here because, like you said, like trash talk, especially courtside trash talk, kind of makes the NBA 
unique and, and fun. Go hear some Rick Pitino stories. Go yeah. read a basketball book that was written watch, in the 70s. Watch any highlight highlight reels of Reggie Miller. He will find some courtside fan and just talk to him the whole game. And it's just trash talk back and forth. And it probably got a little heated, but it just kind of fuels the player. And then it gives the player the kind of the green lights kind of look back at him and go, yeah, I got you. It's it, it should never be more than that. It should never be super personal. Um, but, you know, shame on just shame on fans for having the privilege to sit that close to some of the best athletes in the world. And you have the audacity to say, like, just BS like that to, to a man's face that could probably crush you with one hand. Right. I st- Madison and I stand next to Russell in the locker room all all the time. The guy is huge. He's He's huge. Right. I'm scared of him. And he has no he has no, no reason to want to hit me or anything. But like I just I never get that. Like I'm all about trash talk too, but that's the last thing I would do. Yeah. Uh I don't know if I really want to dive into it any more than that, but I'm just telling you I think that's enough. No, but here's my final thought. Russell's gonna get a lot of negative puff today, tomorrow, more than likely the day after. And I understand, myself included, we are all cheering for Russell Westbrook. He is great for this state. He's been great for this team. He is the franchise player for the Thunder. He deserves every single second of it. Every single second. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's move on. Let's go ahead and uh, jump into Around the Association where Madison Morris is going to make an appearance. What's up, everybody? Okay, so yeah, you are stuck with me for Around the Association. Sorry if I sound like I am a chain smoker because I've been sick Because you're a chain smoker. Uh, because surprise, I actually am a chain smoker. Just kidding. No, <laughs> that's a total joke. Oh my gosh. But I am going to take you around the, asso- uh, the association. Why is that word so hard for me to say sometimes? I don't know. A lot of it's upsets really, really today. There's yeah. two S's in it. You should be good at saying association. it. Association. So we're going to take you around. Uh, a couple of interesting games tonight, guys. Uh, the first one to draw a light on was the Cavaliers actually uh, hosted the Toronto Raptors tonight and defeated them 126 to 101. Uh, they were led by Colin Sexton. The rookie picked up 28 points, four rebounds, five assists over Kawhi, uh, Kawhi Leonard, who young had Bull. 25. Yes, Young Bull. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, he finished with 25 points, nine rebounds, two assists. Uh, but that's not even really the story of this game. We were kind of talking about this on break. A little bit of a fight broke out, and uh, we'll see what what uh, happens with that. Yeah, well, the Cleveland Cavaliers get the victory here. That's their 17th win of the year. Uh, they won over maybe not the second best team, but close to it uh, in the NBA, probably third. Right. Maybe Serge Ibaka did this on purpose, and no one will talk about the loss. Honestly, Everyone's going to talk about the fight. No one's going to talk about the loss. Honestly, I think tensions were just rising real high. So, Probably. Uh, uh, but moving on, the Washington Wizards This one hosted... hurts my heart and my wallet. <laughs> the Washington Wizards hosted the Sacramento Kings tonight, where they took the win over the Kings at 121-115. to 115. Uh, De'Aaron Fox finished with 23 points, 4 rebounds, 8 assists. But it was no match to Bradley Beal, who finished with 27 points, 9 rebounds, and 9 assists. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, a team that the Thunder needs to really pay attention to right now, just picked up a 103-75 win over the Detroit Pistons in Brooklyn, where uh, Alan Crabb had 14 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, and Andre Drummond with a whopping 20 boards. Uh, Pulling 13. in the glass. Yeah, look at glass that. Glass eater. 
Uh, pulled in 13 points and three assists. Uh, and the Rockets continuing to dominate the NBA world right now. Just kidding, but not really. They picked up a 118-106 to win over the Charlotte Hornets, where James Harden, no surprise, leads the way with 28.6 rebounds, 10 assists, and Kemba Walker with a nice 40 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, but obviously was no match. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Thunder pick up their 98-289 win over the Utah Jazz, where Russell Westbrook led their way with 23 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. And guys, right now, there is a nice little game between the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Clippers, where the Clippers are leading the Celtics 74-61. to Right now, Danilo Gallinari is leading the way with 20 points, and Kyrie Irving is fighting his way back in for his Celtics at 16 points, 2 rebounds, and 7 assists. But that's really all that's going around right now, guys. So, uh, happy Monday night from the NBA. Big time victories for Hamilton's Washington Wizards sneakily getting alive. Also cost me money. I put money on the Kings to make the playoffs. Thanks for that. Uh, and the Brooklyn Nets catching, catching heat at the right time. The right time. Good job, Brooklyn. If uh, there's no Terrence Ferguson uh, on Wednesday, which, I mean, that's really too early to tell at this point, but he is, he did lead the game with concussion-like symptoms, and they play in two nights. If there's no Terrence Ferguson, oh my goodness, Joe Harris, three-point <laughs> champion. <laughs> He's going to look like three-point legend, maybe. All right, uh, let's all make our picks for random player to score way more points than we're anticipating, and all the Thunder Nation Googles him in the third quarter. Uh, Joe Harris is a great pick. I'll go Rondé Hollis-Jefferson as the guy that everyone goes, who is he? How He's in the... Who? Oh, I bet he has 12 in the third there quarter. There might be some Hits people. four threes, and everyone's like, who is this guy? Remember Alan Crabb was like eight of eight? In that game where Paul George hit the, the yes. game winner, he was like eight of eight and on fire. <laughs> Alan Crabb's been in the league for some time. I'm sure people were like, "Who the hell is this?" That's fair. Uh, Portland's own Alan Crabb. Uh, all right, let's uh, jump into our, our play, our kick-ass play of the game. I need to see Madison at a heavy metal concert. That's so much fun. You don't want to see. You don't want to see that. She'll, she'll like. She'll throw you in the pit. She'll throw you in the, the mosh pit. Yeah, she's relentless. <laughs> this, is All her, right. this is her space. All true things. All right, uh, Brady, you uh, picked out the uh, Brady Trantham play of the game. Do you know why, Brady? Because your name is Brady Trantham. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's your segment. I, I Congratulations, for, you made it. I forgot for a second. Um, I'm going to say that that sequence where Russell uh, almost forced a steal on Rudy Gobert, he stripped the ball. Uh, Rudy got the ball back and then tried to put up a dunk, and Russell timed the jump perfectly and blocked the shot. Yeah. Russell Westbrook blocked 7'12", Rudy Gobert. That's 8 feet. I (laughs) I hate to be that guy. I don't math. You could have picked any random number but 12 and you would have been fine. I don't math here. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) No, but it was... uh, it was such a big it was such a big sequence just because at the time that I think that was right after Donovan Mitchell's three pointer and his dunk. And if you get Rudy Gobert to get an easy bucket and a thunderous dunk at that, like, ooh, that that's gonna be a, a hostile crowd. That's gonna be a hard, hard situation for the Thunder to close out. And Russell gets that play. And I, I think the Thunder didn't even score. They they either didn't score on the ensuing offensive possession or they just got to the foul line. Uh, whatever happened, it just it prolonged the Jazz's run, and it was. I thought at the time that it was just it was just huge. It was huge. Uh, my Thunder play of the game, kick ass play of the game. I'm gonna go with the 30 footer that Russell should never ever shoot ever ever again for any reason with seven seconds on the shot clock that went in 
and then he immediately got a steal on the other end and then made a layup. I'm going to go with that that sequence. Because that really felt like a, oh, this is one of those games where Russell is just going to do whatever he wants and there's not a whole lot anybody can do about it. They happen like three, four times a season where you're just like, yeah, this is one of those games that Russell's going to win because he decided he wanted to win it. This is one of those games. I mean, it's it's really hard to uh, just go against that just because, like like we've been talking about, other than the the fan incident, Russell Westbrook was just great today. He was. It just it was just vintage Russell Westbrook, and it was good to see because you know this season has just been kind of man. Thank God Paul George isn't going in Fuego right now. <laughs> I, I I really hesitate to see how the Thunder would play without Paul George at this moment, with how Russell has been playing. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to take one more timeout, um, and then we are going to do our uh, stat cat, and then we're going to get out of here. It's late night, 11.08 p.m. Daylight savings time. It's actually 10.08, but it's 11.08. It's now. not that late. Mass and I did a post game for our West Coast tip-off. Oh, was me. Uh, oh, in an overtime so game. <laughs> overtime, 9.30 tip-off. Have fun with that one. Yeah, you, know, you can complain. Here's the thing is that you forget I know people here. Nate Baldwin that morning got here at 9 in the morning to do high school basketball and worked all the way to the end of that game. No mm-hmm. no room for you guys. Mm-hmm. No, I think you and I called. Was that? Yeah, the next day you and I called uh, Christian Heritage and Sequoia. Yeah. But, but that was at 1. You know, I'd slept yeah, for maybe But Nate four had hours. been there all day from 9 in the morning until y'all got done with that overtime postgame show. Shout out to Nate Baldwin. Nate does a good job. Sneaky player here at the franchise. Loves Sneaky hockey, player. doesn't know how to skate. That's sneaky right there. I, like, loves I, hockey, I, doesn't know how to skate. You're right, that is a record. I don't know if I can trust a man that loves hockey but doesn't know how to ice skate. Well, in his defense, where, I mean... There's an ice there's a ice skating rink right outside Chesapeake. Oh, that's so right. On the way to Flint, where we do our post-game shows. Is that open year-round? Probably not. I know the Blazers Center, or the one up on up in Edmond now. Everybody's going to get super mad that we're talking about this. Uh, up in Edmond on <laughs> Western, I think? Western 33rd, somewhere around in there. Somewhere in there. There's an ice skating rink you can go to. That's where UCO plays. UCO has a great hockey team. Go check them out. Uh, this is the Thunder First Take Post Game Show where we talk about UCO hockey and everything else under the sun. Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham, Madison Morris here. Uh, we will be back in one moment. Make sure you hit us up on the text line at 88474. Type the word text, a space, and then your message. As well as... Oh, we have a text. Hey, it's Deontay. Quick question. Sorry, we're going to ad lib. What player absolutely needs to play well for the Thunder to be successful in the playoffs? Like an X-Factor for the playoffs. I've never heard that term, but I like it. X-Factor. Who is going to be the X-Factor for the playoffs? I think it's Dennis Schroeder. I think tonight, like, just oh, kind of what I cute. kind of what I went into earlier. I, I asked the question this morning, like, between... I, but that I posed between Schroeder and Steven Adams because Steven has been playing so poorly. Schroeder has also been playing so poorly, kind of in the same time frame. Um, but because Schroeder is so ball-dominant, because Schroeder uh, is a score first point guard. If he's out there and he's not scoring first, what is he doing? Because Adams, even when Adams doesn't play well, when he doesn't get shots, when he drops passes, he still does so much defensively that you can't quantify. That you that if you know basketball, you know he's doing it, and it's important. But it's not going to it's not going to jump out at you at a box box sheet. So when you look at him, like oh, he played that crap. It's like no, he did a lot. But Schroeder, on the other hand, doesn't have that type of you know, you get a pass here and there for a bad game. So I think it's Schroeder because he can be hot from the three-point line like he was prior to the All-Star break. And when he is, this team is really hard to beat because of how good they are defensively. They can be defensively. Great and, tonight. And how much firepower they possess offensively. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to not cheat and name one of their best players. Uh, um, he's yeah. he's a bench guy. Dante Grantham. No, I'm going to say... Uh, 
Dante Grantham would be a hell of a pick if I went there, but I'm not going to. Uh, Abdul Nader, because I don't expect him to actually be in the playoff rotation. I assume they're going to go with an eight-man rotation with Schroeder, um, Morris, and Noel. I think, I think Nader will get some... If the Thunder will get some run, I would say he's probably going to be what, in the five- to eight-minute range. If the Thunder most. make... If they go all three rounds, if they make the Western Conference Finals, I think you'll see Nader a lot in the first two rounds, and it'll just dwindle from there. Mm, I'm not totally convinced, but I'm about to lie to myself. I'm going to tell you I'm not convinced, and I'm going to tell you he's going to play more than I think he is. Uh... This team plays defense in a really physical fashion, and why they call less fouls in the playoff, that's generally the rule, that doesn't mean that the Thunder are going to be not in foul trouble a handful of times. I think there's going to be one or two playoff games where one of the wings, Russell, Ferguson, uh, Schroeder, or Paul George, get into foul trouble, therefore forcing, forcing Abdul Nader onto the floor longer than the coaching staffs are ready for. Now, if Abdul can come in, play an 18-minute playoff game, and hit three threes... That is huge. Yeah, I mean the Thunder have that would be huge. The Thunder have their own history of that happening. I mean Daquan Cook hit huge. Who? Daquan Cook. Oh yeah, he scored. All, we, he uh, used the to go James, to UC, the, UCO all the time. Play pickup. I played against him once. The James Harden, uh, the James Harden game where he beat the Spurs on that um, turnaround fadeaway yeah. three pointer. Uh, Daquan Cook hit two big three pointers in that game when it was getting kind of ugly in the middle part for the Thunder. Daquan Cook hit big shots, and then a few years later against the Spurs, Randy Foy hit some big threes in that game five win for the Thunder. Hey, so, a cup of coffee with Randy hey, Foy. Hey, hey, there you go. All right, there's our two X factors for you. So now we're actually going to take the break. If you have questions like Deontay did, which we appreciate, thank you very much, Deontay. Thank you, Deontay. Uh, we would be lovely to answer them. But this is the Thunder First Take post game show as well as. As the OKC 82 podcast. All right, Brady. Oh yeah. Do I need to say it again? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I People just jumping into their cars. They're you know they're mad about the Russell Westbrook thing. <laughs> um, no, um, Madison Morris and I. We always do the OKC 82 podcast, which and it's you, great. Which you are listening to, by the way. This is going to double as it the post game show and the pod, and the podcast. Madison and I do it after every single Thunder home and away game, and uh, they're about 20 to 30 minutes long, so they're perfect for your ride home in the morning after the Thunder game. To catch up on, so it's you can find it on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes. Type in OKC 82 and subscribe, and we'll have fun with it. Absolutely. All right, uh, now we're actually going to take the time out. This is 1077 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 1079 The Franchise in Tulsa. Come back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Welcome back. Thunder first take post game show. So much to talk about. So many storylines. Yup. Yup. <laughs> yup. Uh, one that we did not talk about hardly at all in the second segment because it's probably not going to be relevant tomorrow morning. Thunder, get a victory. 98-89 in Utah. Grand scheme of things. 41-26, and 26, right? Big win for the Thunder. They're 41-26 and 26 in the season. The Utah Jazz now fall to 37-29. and 29. They are in eighth place in the Western Conference standings. Speaking of, the Thunder now in fourth. One game behind the Houston Rockets, who they have at least one more time, I know for sure, maybe yeah, twice. The Thunder have the 2-1 series so far, and they get another game in Oklahoma City in the next few weeks. Yeah, somewhere around in there. Uh, so they'll have a crack at the three seed if they can find a way to uh, get a winning streak going against this brutal schedule that everyone keeps talking about. Uh, so they have an opportunity there, but now they're a half game up on Portland, as well as two and a half up on the Spurs from six. So helping distance themselves a little bit. Having the tiebreaker over Portland by sweeping them and sweeping Utah uh, definitely helps their chances in staying somewhere in that 3-4 range. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just trying to look. Yeah, they they play... 
uh, Oklahoma City plays Houston in Oklahoma City on April 9th. So, and that's the second to last game of the year. So, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how how hard some teams are playing and how like how close the standings are still at that point because typically by then, you know, teams are just resting their guys, but that should be a game that both teams are probably going to be squaring away for. But yeah, in terms of the the standings overall, um the Thunder, I mean the shame is like even if they even if they get back on the right track, they've lost so much they lost so much ground on that 10 game stretch where they just played terrible. Yeah. And Paul George, of course, was a big reason of that just because of his absence. You know, he was injured. You know, those, those things sadly happened, but, um, it's just a shame for the Thunder because they had such a grip on that three seed that you could kind of think going into that game, uh, on that Tuesday night in Denver, Madison and I went to, um, you, you thought, Hey, if the Thunder win this game, they could potentially steal the second seed. And then it's a whole different ball game, but now they're kind of fighting back against Houston, trying to get back that three seed. So, uh, the good thing for them, like I said, is they have the two, one series lead over Houston at this point. Um, so if they get that third win, they'll have the series lead, and then Houston would have to win one more game, at least more than them. They have the series lead over uh, Portland. Just altogether, they swept Portland and Utah, like we kind of laughed at the beginning of the show. But um, yeah, the Thunder are in a good spot. I think two, two to four. That's a good spot. I would, I would, for their sake, I would want them to have the three seed. Um, I think just Russell plays. I think Russell plays a little bit better when he is surprisingly in different different arenas than in Oklahoma City, and especially in the playoffs. I mean, last year was such an out. Last year was such an outlier, and I, I feel silly saying it, but I've just I've seen so much of Russell Westbrook over these last ten years that I like Russell Westbrook as a three seed as opposed to a team like last year where they had home court advantage and a rookie named Donovan Mitchell snug up on them. Yeah, I don't know, and I still am lost on how that exactly happened. Uh, yeah, so everyone out there, it's a big conversation, Brady. I think I, uh, I think I know your answer here. Let's see if you and I are in the same boat. A lot of people are saying, ah, you know, I don't know if you want to face Golden State in that second round. You might try to see if you can be a little. Uh, you're not going to avoid them. I you're mean, not going to avoid them altogether, but. If you could face them off in the Western Conference Finals, that might be better. You might want to make sure you pay attention to your schedule and everyone else's schedule. See if you can accidentally fall in the right place. Where you stand on that whole argument about making sure that you avoid Golden State as long as possible? I mean, obviously, you want to hold them off until the Western Conference Finals just because the stakes are higher. Um, hope you know what helped the Thunder a lot in that 2016 series was Steph Curry's little knee injury. I mean, how injured was he? You know, it seemed like every time the Thunder won, he was hurt. When the Warriors would win, oh, he was fine. Like it's it's that kind of injury. Um, so you would think by that time there might be some fatigue that is set in that could be advantageous to you if you're the Thunder. So yeah, of course you want to hold them off um, as long as possible, but you're not going to avoid the, the Warriors unless there is a devastating injury to either Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, or Kevin Durant, or there is just a miracle. 10 times bigger than the Warriors upsetting the Dallas Mavericks back in 2007 in that 8-1 miracle series. So, um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I want to see the Thunder and the Warriors. And if it's in the second round, it's not going to be any less fun than right. if it's in the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, the stakes would be higher. But just from my standpoint, I, I don't care. I, I would just love to see Russell Westbrook go, go up against Kevin Durant in the playoffs this time and not just a meaningless, random, regular season game. Absolutely. Uh, here... I am shocked. I thought you were going to be the other direction. Uh, I, I think it absolutely does not matter in the slightest. And here's why. Uh, so people always say, oh, you want to hold them off as long as possible, catch them at the right time. You know, you have a better chance to beat them in the Western Conference Finals. 
2016 is a great example. If the Thunder get the four seed instead of the three seed, uh, which they only got the three seed by one game over the L.A. Clippers, they would have faced Golden State in the second round. Steph Curry missed four games in that series. Tell me Thunder don't win that series if Steph Curry's out for four games. Well, did he, he got hurt in that second round, right? I don't think he got hurt. I think he came in. I think he got hurt in the first round and missed the first four games of the Clippers. Did they, play, they play Houston in the. Oh, they, they played Houston. Okay, they I, did. I was gonna say, well, if he got hurt in that series, maybe he doesn't get hurt against the Thunder, right? Um, but no, I mean, but so you go into that second series and now you don't have to play Stephen Curry. Well, yeah, and you beat them in the second round instead of losing them in the third. Butterfly effect. That doesn't make any sense. Do you know what also doesn't make any sense? Saying that beating playing a team two weeks later as opposed to two weeks earlier makes any bit of difference. Well, I mean, you got you got to play me there. There it's are total chance. Yeah, there are things that you cannot predict, like injuries, for instance. You can't predict that. the The thing for the Thunder is they, even though they've played terrible basketball these last two weeks, overall, from what we've all been able to see, I think we're all confident that this is a very good defensive team. And they, even when they go through bad defensive stretches, they've been able to turn it on, to flip the switch defensively when it has mattered. So I think for their sake, I think they probably feel confident. And that's the most you can look for. There are maybe two or three teams in the West that feel confident. I think one of those teams should not feel confident. That's Denver, surprisingly, even though they have the two seed. Denver has not shown that they can beat Golden State when Golden State cares. Right. Houston proved last year they were a hamstring away from possibly beating them. And Oklahoma City, of course, has the, you know, Russell Westbrook versus Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook versus the world. Paul George is playing like an MVP. So, yeah, that'd be fun. They, should, be fun. they, they should have the confidence. Here's all I say. Whenever game you can, don't worry about trying to intentionally lose games to get a better seat because it doesn't, it, it's a total crapshoot. It's all chance. It's all total luck about what, how, what the team's level is going to be when they get to you, how much that matters, bad timing, good timing doesn't, it's all random. Don't try to predict the future by getting a special seed by losing games intentionally. And losing games intentionally is dumb. I hate it. I'm it, over it. Is I'm, OU going to win a national title this year, Chisholm? I need to know. In what? I want you to, in football. Gymnastics, yes. Ah. Football, no. Oh, oh, yay. Chisholm. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm, an, I'm not I'm totally convinced Jalen Hurts is going to work out. Let's do the uh, stack cat. <laughs> <laughs> What's new, pussycat? What's new, pussycat? You don't get to walk away from that, Chisholm. Oh, I do. I have a show every day. Two hours. I've argued with John Hoover about it over and over and over again. Uh, all right. Let's uh, do our stack yet. I don't know if either one of you have one. If you do, you're more than welcome to present it to the table, but I have mine. Ready? Okay, what, here we go. What be that? The Thunder no longer have the hardest schedule in the league for the rest of the season. They are fourth behind Brooklyn, Minnesota, and Atlanta. They have the fourth hardest schedule remaining. Wow. Congratulations. It's over. The they, hard stretch is over. It's they made over. it. They made it. Yeah. I mean, we're all worried about this tough stretch. It's, it's do, all the rearview mirror now. Do we have an applause button, Madison, or should we just do it ourselves? It is over there. I, I, I mean, I don't know yeah, if she knows how to use that thing. Uh, this is a dinosaur over here. It I is. That's what I said. I don't know if you how to use it. It's just, super old. I, here. There I'll, I'll give you some. There you go. Congratulations. They made there it to the go. hard stretch. They're only the fourth hardest schedule now, not what, the fi- not the first. What did they go through? What, what was the record in that stretch? When did that stretch start? The hardest schedule stretch? Yeah. Uh, well, that was pretty much from like January on, wasn't it? Because I feel like that, that was the I whole... It was quite January. It's like, all right, it gets tougher now. It oh, they, like, they've been saying this is the first week of the season. Yeah. Like, I... I've been making the joke that the Thunder have had the hardest remaining schedule since week one. No more games against Phoenix, although they're beating Golden State all of a sudden now, so who knows? The, the Thunder were 0-4 to start the year, and they had the hardest remaining schedule in the NBA. I swear people have been saying that for months. Yeah. Yeah. Hasn't yeah. really mattered. These are still somehow uh, just the team we all thought they were going to be. So congratulations. Also, like I said at the top of the show, uh, they just secured 
For the 10th season in a row, they will not have a losing record. Third longest streak in the NBA. Who's first and second? I have no idea, but I just know they're third. No, they have the third longest streak. I assume first is San Antonio. I would guess, right? That's a good guess. San Antonio? Yeah. I'm trying to think who the other one would be. Oh, Houston. Yeah, you're right. I guess they never really bottomed out. Yeah. Those years before James Harden. Daryl Morey doesn't want to lose. Yeah, that's like, true. He's kind of like the Pacers. Like, the Pacers are kind of the same way. They don't ever want to... Oh, wait, weren't like, they in the lottery with Jeremy Lamb? I guess they could have been over 500 in the lottery. <laughs> um, That was the year where the West had, like, a bunch or of... Or they could have traded for there. that pick. I don't know why I assume it's theirs. Yeah. They could have gotten that pick in other ways. Okay, anyway, rabbit hole. I don't know why we're down that rabbit hole. Uh, Westbrook actually had a quote. Finally, do you want me to read it? Please. So this comes from Andy Larson. Again, uh, if you're just tuning in, Russell Westbrook got into an altercation with a fan. There's a whole lot of he said, she said about what the th- what the fan said, what made Russell mad. Uh, but this is what Russell's quotes were after the game. Yeah, this comes from Andy Larson, covers the uh, Utah Jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune, does a really fantastic job. Um, Westbrook said this in the, in the locker room. The realization of it is how it started was a young man and his wife in the stands told me to get down on my knees like you used to. To me, that's completely disrespectful. To me, I think it's racial, and I think it's inappropriate. Now, there is a video of the fan saying his side of the story. Like, apparently a reporter went up Not to the him. altercation. Yeah. He got interviewed afterwards. If you haven't seen this, it's from uh, Jeremiah Jensen. It's at JJ Sportsbeat. It's making the rounds on Twitter. I've retweeted it um, a handful of times already. That's so it, it's out there. Um, the fan claimed that he didn't say anything rude at all. I think he, he said um, he had the ice packs on his knees, which he thought were ice packs, but they're actually heated. And he just said, hey, go ice your knees. And then Russell looked at him and said, they're heated. And so either that's true and Russell misunderstood him or the fan is lying. And the fan doesn't really have a lot of leg to stand on because apparently he has a little tweet from the game, which... um, It's actually from 2018. Oh, it's from 2018? Okay. It's from the playoffs last season. Okay. I don't that's know if that why, makes a difference, but why he does says. not have very kind words to say about Russell Westbrook on his own Twitter account. If he says it six months ago versus now, I don't know if that really But what but once again, but. there are no winners here at all. No. Like like nothing justifies anything and um even if, if Russell Westbrook is hundred percent correct, I, I again I don't I, I'll never understand it. I, I, I will never understand what it's like to be an African American athlete. I hate that I have to keep saying this, but um it's just it's really it's it's just bad it's just a bad for the fan to say stuff like that you you shouldn't say that at all i mean if you're going to an nba game who plays the nba it's predominantly african-americans and you're going to say crap like that right like that is just shameful even though even even with that said russell should not say something like that it's just a bad look say everything with part about his wife and just say absolutely everything but i'm gonna beat you up and your wife. That's yeah. where you, that's where he lost everyone. I'm telling you, if he would, if the, all this video would have came out, there would have been some people like myself who would have loved it if it would have been everything but the and your wife. Ooh, and my favorite player, Dwayne Wade, just quote tweeted that video with the fan saying his side of the story, and he just said, uh, "Dwayne Wade tweets lies people tell." <laughs> there you go, Dwayne Wade. Uh, comp to uh, Donovan Mitchell. Young D- Dwayne Wade played tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. All right, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. We need to get out of here in a hurry. So uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder get their 41st victory of the season, 98 over eight, over 98. 89 over the Utah Jazz uh, to close out this one, now securing their sole possession of fourth place in the Western Conference. Uh, I don't know if you have any more final thoughts, Brady, but we need to wrap them up quickly. 
Um, overall, they did exactly what they needed to do on this four-game road trip. They split them. They needed to split them. Just split it the wrong way, but yeah, whatever. They, they split the weird way. They they won the hard ones. Um, I thought in these wins, they played absolutely fantastic basketball. Um, Thursday night against Portland, they did it offensively. Uh, tonight, they did it defensively. So a lot of things that they can look back on and say, this we're capable of playing this way if you're the Thunder. So um even when you go through a bad stretch, it's an 82-game grind. You need to build on things that you know are part of your identity, and the Thunder did that tonight. Absolutely. Uh, my final thought is uh, it's all downhill from here. Fourth, easy, fourth hardest schedule, not the first. It's easy. Cupcake walk. Right? Right? Sure. <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> all right. In six hours, that's correct, six hours, Mike Steely, Andrew Gilman, Jesse Stone, and Eddie Radosevich will be on the air here for the Franchise Morning Show. They'll be doing a great job. I'm sure at that point they'll have a little bit more information of all of that transpired in Salt Lake City, and they'll be doing the greatest coverage because that's the only thing we do here in the Franchise Studios for you, the fans in the state of Oklahoma. So make sure you tune into those guys in the morning, as well as me. I'm on 6 to 8 every day. Brady Trantham, Madison Morris, OKC82 Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. I listen to it every day after Thunder Drive. Every day after a Thunder game on my drive to work, um, and make sure that I get all of my Thunder knowledge. They do a great job. So give those guys a little bit. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. So uh, now we are going to officially sign off. This has been the Thunder First Take post game show. Chisholm, Madison Morris, and Brady Trantham on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 in Tulsa. Oh, mother. It was really weird first part of the show. I was just wondering if that was a post-game basketball show. Seemed like it was something else, but... Y'all ain't met Player P yet, huh? I love them. I'm always going to love them. But I'd almost be willing to stand in front of the post office and give you 30 minutes to draw a crowd and give me a public ass whooping. The experience is unmatched. We're good, streaky! Yes! Cool, I'm cool. Bring, bring your green hat. Let's go. Come on!